0: And uh, man, the nine o'clock was just out of control um, because we have pastors, Alex and Diana Saget with us from, from Calvary, Miami. And I mentioned it last week, but we went down there a few years back and Jill and I were dreaming, we we're getting ready to launch Colonial Church. We were really in the vision sort of part of it where it's like, it's all about, hey, what God, what do you want this thing to look like? And then randomly, I say randomly because it was the Holy Spirit that drew us there. We end up at Calvary, Miami welcomed in just the family I was telling like the 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 Cuban coffee alone is just like blew us away but it was the spirit of the house and it was the people and it was the preaching of the word and it was the family atmosphere is the way they do church and we were like man we want it to kind of be like this you know this is this is this is like us you know And then we've been connecting and we've been watching Pastor Alex lead Calvary Miami the last five, four or five years and just so much respect and we honour you guys so much. We are so excited that you're here to deposit into our house. So come on, we're going to feel a little bit of Miami heat today. So would you stand with us and can we welcome Pastor Alex Sagot as he comes to preach the Word.
1: What's going on church? How's everybody feeling this morning? Oh, come on, this is 11 a.m. I heard it got rowdy. How's everybody feeling this morning? Are you glad to be in church? Come on, it is awesome to be with you. You can have a seat. We are so glad to be in uh, St. Augustine. Come on, how many know it's Florida's best city? Come on. We're glad to be here. We're from Miami, and Miami has a whole lot of uh, humidity. And so we're glad to be in a place where the sun is shining with a zero humidity. It feels good. You guys have the beach down the street, boats, sailboat. You guys are living in paradise and uh, suffering for the gospel of Jesus Christ up here. I sense the Lord calling me and Diana up here. I don't know. I'm just I'm struggling with that. But uh, it's a beautiful city. And can I tell you you're part of a phenomenal phenomenal church and what God is doing in this place is absolutely We just had the 9 a.m. that was absolutely incredible. Like I thought we had Cuban coffee to energize us down there. Now, I don't know what you guys have up here, but we want it. It's amazing. We had an incredible service and I'm ready for this one and uh, you guys are part of a special movement and you have some of the best pastors on the planet and Jill and Matt. We love you guys and They came down to visit us a few years ago, and our whole team remembers them, honestly, because they were so kind. I said this in the first service. They have a sweet spirit about them, and they are the real deal. They love Jesus. They love people. Uh, We're honored to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation. We don't take this lightly. Love your church. Love you guys, your amazing family. And Come on, can you give it up for your amazing pastors? Anybody thank God for your pastors? Come on. They're awesome. Thank you so much. So I'm excited to share today. I'm going to share for the next 20-something minutes, then we'll worship Jesus, and then go have uh, an awesome time in this city. Maybe hit the beach. Anybody down? We'll see you out there. All right, grab your Bibles, go to the book of Acts, go to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2. I came with my beautiful Colombian wife, Diana, and uh, she's uh, with me on this trip. In fact, the last... Two weeks, we've been on vacation. Uh, We told our board, hey, we want to take, it's been five years of us leading the church. Can we take a little small break? They're like, no, work more. I'm just kidding. They said yes, and we took a little small break, came up here, and we've had the best time together, just enjoying some downtime, and so she's amazing, plus Colombian, I'm highly blessed and favored. And uh, so we're glad to be here. Acts chapter two, as you're going there, look at the person next to you and tell them, I'm glad to be sitting next to you today. Look at the person on the opposite side and tell them, I actually like you better than the first person I turned to. If you don't like who you're sitting next to, I'm going to pray in a moment. And when I pray, you can switch seats. But hopefully you like who you're sitting next to. Acts chapter 2. You guys have an incredible team, by the way. I love this dream team. And I love the worship is so good. Come on. might love your worship team? Amazing. I love this church. Acts chapter 2, I'm going to share a message that God put on our heart as a church uh, earlier this year. Last year, we were sitting together as 2020 was winding down. A few of us were in my office, me my wife and a few of the people on team, and we were just talking during the week, and one of the guys said this phrase. When he said the phrase, it hit my heart. It jumped out at me, and we said, that that's the theme. Those are the words that are going to shape our 2021 and beyond and he said it i just felt it i i felt like the spirit of god just moved my heart and said that that's it and it came out of acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, where we're about to read, I'm going to give you a little bit of context. Uh, The disciples have just seen Jesus Christ ascend, and he said, I want you to go to the upper room and wait for the Holy Spirit. So they're in an upper room. They're waiting. They're praying. They're praising. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit falls on all of them. You've read this probably before, and as it falls on them, they begin to worship out loud. They begin to praise God, and they are so loud that the community comes out, the neighborhood comes out, they're like, what's going on up there? Are these people drunk? It's only nine in the morning. Some of you are like, what's wrong with that? Um, they, they're, they're just crazy. And so Peter has to stand up and address the crowd. This is what's happening right here. So we're going to pick it up there. Acts chapter 2, go down to verse 14. If you're there, can you say amen? amen. We're going to read the word of God. It says, then Peter stood up with the 11. It says, he raised his voice and he addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews... And all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people, they are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. Verse 17. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Somebody say all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. And your old men will dream dreams. Out of Acts chapter 2, those few verses right there, the the words, the phrase that God gave us, and I really believe it's for all of us today, are the words dream again. Dream again. Somebody say dream again. again. Come on, tap three people next to you and tell them it's time to dream again. Dream again again, dream again. That's the title of my message. I'm going to speak on that for the next 20-something moments, uh, minutes and moments, and and then we're going to worship God. And I'm believing this. I'm believing that God's going to do something special in this place. Come on, I'm believing we're going to leave out of here better than how we came in. Come on, I'm believing for God to enlarge our vision, speak to our heart. More than anything I can say, how many know we need more of him? Can I get an amen? And so that's my prayer. Come on, now, we won't waste our time, but we'll say, God, speak to us here today. Let us get a clearer vision of who you are and all you have for our life. Amen? Amen. Come on, let's pray, and then we'll hit the beach. Father, we thank you. We thank you so much for your goodness, for your love, for your mercy. Thank you for all that you've done for us, God. Thank you for loving people like us. we can't earn it or deserve it, thank you for your mercies that are made new each and every single day. Thank you for this time together. Thank you for this beautiful, amazing church, colonial church. Thank you for this city. bless this church, bless this city. Bless our time together. Help us to see you better. We love you, we thank you. It is in Jesus name all of God's people say. Amen. Oh, come on you, let me name all of God's people say. Can you make some noise for Jesus one more time? Come on. I love this service. Come on. A few months ago, as I mentioned, my wife is Colombian. A few months ago, we decided to go to Colombia to visit her family. We went to the city of Medellin. Have you heard of the city of Medellin? It's a beautiful city. It's an amazing city. Uh, We were there enjoying our time, eating empanadas, cheese sticks, arepas, If you don't know what that is, it is uh, manna from heaven in our modern times. It is absolutely amazing. While we were there, I was like, okay, I'm eating a little bit too much, and I haven't been able to work out because in November, the month before, I had gotten COVID and COVID got me. It just took my energy, it took my strength for a little bit and so I stopped working out in November, moved it on to December, no working out and just kind of chilling and resting to get my energy back and strength back. So I'm there hanging down in Colombia and then one day I told Dana, "Hey, that's it. That's it. It's been 2 months. I'm 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 back to working out. I'm going to go for a jog." Now, jogging in Medellin, Colombia is not like jogging in Miami, Florida. Miami, probably much like St. Augustine, we got zero hills, zero mountains. It's flat. Is that the same St. Augustine? Right? Flat all across Florida. Medellin, Colombia. It's all mountains, valleys, peaks, hell. <laughs> right? Like it. So I thought going for <laughs> so I thought going for a jog in Medellin was gonna be like Miami. And can I tell you, in 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 under a minute, I was gassed out. I was gassed out. I go out for a jog. I'm thinking, I'm the man. Like, this is easy. I see this uphill climb, and I'm like, I got this. I actually ran downhill, and I turned around and said, I'm going to run this thing all the way up. When I looked at it, I said, I think I'm going to call a taxi. I'm going to call a taxi. I can't do this. Like, after running for maybe 10, 15 minutes, I was gassed out. I'm like, is it the elevation? Is it COVID that got me like this? Like, what in the world? I was gasping for air. I was gassed out. I'm like, this is not... Miami anymore, this is Medellin, Colombia. And I started thinking about my physical life, and, and all of a sudden, uh, I felt like God said, how many times has your spiritual life been the same? I think much in the same way that our physical life sometimes can be out of shape, has your faith ever been out of shape? Has your faith ever been gassed out? I think about the last year, year and a half of our world going through a global pandemic and how many of us, our faith has just been low, it's died, it's been gassed out, choked out by the situation, stresses, circumstances of life. It's been difficult. It hasn't been easy. Some of us have have lost family members, have lost friends, maybe had to close down businesses. Life has been hard. And because life has been hard, it's affected our faith. Our faith is not like how it used to be. We're not on fire like how we used to be. We're not in our word. We, we stopped going to dinner parties, and we thought about joining Colonial Leadership College, and, and all of a sudden we're, we're more laid back. We're more passive, and we're just like, ah, oh, maybe one day I'll, I'll think about it again. And, and all of a sudden our faith has been affected. We'll come to church once a month. We're in a worship service, and we forget that God is here at the very moment. I didn't just come to drink good coffee and see amazing people. I came to have an encounter with God. But because life has choked out my faith, I just check it off the list. And church is great. I sang a nice cute song and then I go home. Because my faith is low. The problem when your faith is low, you can't step out and have a big life. When your faith is choked out... It keeps your life small. I'm not talking about possessions. I'm not talking about material things. I'm talking about stepping out and risking and believing God to do the impossible in your life. When your faith is affected, you don't believe God the same way for your marriage or for your kids or for your business because your faith is low. In fact, I put it this way. You can't live a big life with low faith. Some of us in here our faith is way low it's been got gas- <gasps> choked out because of the circumstances of life and God has so much more for you God has so much more for this church God has so much more for St Augustine come on it's time to say God enough is enough I'm going to leave 2020 in the past I'm believing God the next 6 months of 2021 come on he's going to use me he's going to do something about it have you let your faith been choked out has life kept it Low and shut down. Can I tell you, the rest of 2021 can be different, not because life is going to be better, but because you can be different. Come on, it doesn't mean life is going to be amazing and perfect and God's going to bless you with X, Y, and Z. Life can still be different, but because you're different on the inside, because you got a better spirit, because you got a better attitude. Come on, we're going to finish 2021 strong in Jesus' name. Come on, we're going to believe again. We're going to have vision again. We're going to dream again that God can do the impossible in spite of what I've walked through, in spite of the fires of life. I'm believing once again. I'm dreaming once again. Can I get an amen? Some of us, what we need in 2021, right in the middle of the year, is a filling of the Holy Spirit. Not just another church service, not just another song. Come on, we need an encounter with the Holy Spirit to say, God, I need more of you. We can do church without lights, without speakers, without a screen. What we need is more of him. Can I get an amen? I'm glad that I'm in a church that wants more of him. Come on, if you want more of God, can you give him a praise? I want more of him. Where are your dreams? Where's your faith? Maybe you've stopped believing that God wants to do something incredible in your life. We serve a God that can do the extraordinary with our ordinary lives. We give him some fish and we give him some loaves and he'll multiply and he'll do something amazing in your life. Doesn't matter what you've walked through. Doesn't matter what you've been through. He'll do something in your life. Can you dream again? Can you believe again? Don't let the rational thinking of the past get in the future of what God wants to do in your life. In fact, I put it this way. I really believe that God wants to do something impossible in your life. Dream the impossible. Dream, believe. Think bigger. Come on, I'm here to tell you that God wants to do something incredible. Dream again and believe again. A life full of the Spirit is never empty of dreams. A life full of the Spirit is never empty of dreams. Maybe at one point you had dreams, you wrote down some stuff on your journal and and you were on fire and passionate about what God can do, but you stopped dreaming. What you need is a filling of the Holy Spirit to begin to dream again, believe again. God can do something with my life in St. Augustine. We can see revival happen. I can see another location coming. I can see the college students raising up and making a difference. Come on, I can see my marriage restored. I can see my kids serving in church. I can see God do something in my business to serve the kingdom of God. Come on, let's dream again in Jesus' name. You wanna have dreams in your life, be full of the Spirit of God. Acts chapter 2 is such an incredible moment in church history. Jesus has ascended and he told the disciples, I want you to go to this upper room. And, and while you're there, I'm gonna send the Holy Spirit to you, the comfort of the. Anybody thankful for the Holy Spirit? I'm gonna send him to you. And so the disciples all go to this room. There's over a hundred of them in this room. They're all gathered there. I can imagine that some of them may be nervous, anxious. Jesus first died, and they're going crazy, and they're fearful. Now he resurrects, but as soon as he resurrects, a couple days later, he goes up into heaven. It's like, thank you for leaving us alone again. And he's like, I'm going to send a comforter, an advocate, the promise the Holy Spirit. Some of them must have been in that room, probably standing off in a corner praying, but nervous on the inside, because life has been difficult over the last several months. Some of them probably anxious. Yet they're praying and they're worshiping. And when they are praying and worshiping, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit comes into the room and fills them all. And when they get full of the Holy Spirit, they begin to worship Jesus Christ out loud. Like they get loud, loud. Like they they just begin to worship God and lift him up. Because when you're full of the Holy Spirit, you can either worship or you can worry. And the Holy Spirit helps you to worship. Right. said life is life is hard. Life is difficult. And sometimes we're in church and instead of worshiping, we're thinking about everything that's happened. When you're full of the Holy Spirit, you begin to lift him up in spite of the problems. You begin to lift them up above your problems. You begin to say, God, I magnify you. God, I lift you up. I know I don't got the rent money, but you're more than a provider for my life. I know I'm still sick, but you're more than a healer in my life. And you begin to worship God because the spirit of God enables you to worship in spite of what you're walking through. They begin to worship so loud that it causes a commotion in the city. You, ever, you know somebody that worships God like loud, loud? Somebody like, yeah, I sat next to him in church right now. I think we need a little bit of that back in church. Like I grew up in a church. My parents are charismatic Pentecostal with a seatbelt. Uh, crazy, but not crazy, crazy, just good enough crazy. And I grew up in a church where they didn't care about being loud. It was a Hispanic church, too. And so somebody in the back will be, Gloria! <laughs> I grew up in a church that they weren't afraid of their outside. I think we're living in times where a lot of believers want to use their inside voice. Like, I got praise God. He's good. Hey, can you pray for the food? God, we thank you for this food. We thank you. Bless it. Jesus. I used to have a youth pastor who used to stand up in a chair in the middle of IHOP and go, God, bless his food bless the cash register and the waiters save them today we're like chill dude like relax now they're gonna kick us out like too much (laughs) but there's something powerful about using your outside voice that when we gather together we're not afraid about lifting up the name of Jesus he is worthy to be praised he is the name above every name I lift him up he's more than able to do exceedingly abundantly above all I can ask think or imagine come on somebody we gotta lift up a praise The world wants to silence us. You're not going to silence me. (laughs) And so in the upper room, they're losing their minds. Like, they are praising God. And the whole community comes out, the neighborhood, they're like, what's going on up there? It's 9 in the morning. Are they Cuban? Like, what's going on up there? These people are losing their minds. And they start saying, these people are drunk. Look how loud they are at 9 in the morning. Have you ever had neighbors be extra loud at 9 in the morning? Are you that neighbor that's loud at nine in the morning? We've done it too, where they call the cops on us. And we're like, hey, we're just full of the Holy Spirit. And so everybody's wondering what's happening. Now, Peter, looking out a window, you can imagine the whole city's coming out. Like, what's going on up there? You guys are loud. You guys are... What's happening? So Peter stands up, and he gives this incredible speech. He says, hey, hey, these people are not full of wine. Come on, they have new wine on the inside of them. How many know you don't need alcohol? You don't need anything from the outside? What you need is the Holy Spirit. He'll give you more energy, more life, more joy than anything this world will ever give you. This world is looking for the next high and the next bottle to try to give them some excitement and some life. What you need is the Holy Spirit. These people are filled with new wine. They're not drunk as you think they are drunk. And then he says, What you are witnessing, what you are seeing is what the prophet Joel spoke about. Okay, so when he says the prophet Joel, what does he mean? Well, the the audience right there automatically knew what he was talking about. These were mostly Jewish people who knew scriptures. You had to study scriptures, memorize them, so they automatically knew that in Joel chapter 2, Joel gave a prophecy. There was a prophet named Joel, and this is the prophecy that he gave. Joel chapter 2, look at this. Joel chapter 2, I'll read it off my iPad. Joel chapter 2, verse 28. And afterwards, says the prophet Joel, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. So Joel says, hey, a day is coming when the Holy Spirit's not going to fall on one person. He's going to fall on all people. In the Old Testament, you got to understand, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit only fell on some in certain occasions. David got anointed as king, and when he got anointed as king, the Bible says the Holy Spirit rushed upon him. It was a special It did not happen to everybody. Joel says, Oh, but a day is coming where it's not just going to be on one person, it's going to be on every single person. The Holy Spirit is for everybody. Come on, it's going to be amazing. Now, now, Joel, the prophet Joel, had to say this. Because you need to understand what's happening in the book of Joel. The people of God were away from their cities. They were prisoners of war. They were in exile. They had gone into Jerusalem, taken them. That's like somebody coming into St. Augustine, taking you from the city and taking you to a terrible city like Denver, Colorado or something like that. Just a terrible (laughs) city. Come on, we're in Florida, the best state in the country. And (laughs) And they take you away from your hometown. And so the people of God were depressed. They were discouraged because life had been difficult. They lost their homes. Some of them lost family members, left everything behind, taken as slaves. Now they're living in Babylon. They have no dreams, no visions. They're upset. They're discouraged. And I feel like that's where some of us are today. We've stopped dreaming. We've stopped believing because we're far from where we think we should be. You want to see a picture of how they talked and their attitudes? Psalm. Psalm chapter 137. Look at this. Psalm chapter 137. This was their cry. The people of God living in an exile place, far city. This is what they said. By the rivers of Babylon, we sat and we wept when we remembered Zion. I remember my city. They were weeping. It says there on the poplars, another translation is by the willows, We hung our harps. There's no more song in your mouth. No more praise on your heart. Discouraged, depressed. There are captors. They asked us for songs. Our tormentors demanded songs of joy. They said, sing us one of those songs. Have you lost your praise? Have you stopped dreaming? Are you discouraged? Have you hung up your harp on a willow tree? Because life has been hard. Husband left me kids are all over the place. I've lost my business. I've lost family. I've been there. Me and i have been there. Last year, both of us lost family members. Like, it's, it's hard. Life sometimes is difficult. And you'll cry yourself to sleep sometimes, and, and you'll stop dreaming and believing for all that God wanted to do in your life. Because life has been hard. It's crushed your heart. Oh, I remember the days when God was good and now life is so difficult. And by the rivers of Babylon, we weep and we cry. That's where some of us are today. No more dreams, no more vision. I once had so much faith. There's three reasons why we lose dreams. Three reasons why we stop dreaming for God and believing for God. Write this down. Number one, we stop dreaming when we're in a strange land. They were far away from their city. In a strange land, this is not home. Some of us, when we're not in the place that we thought we were supposed to be, we stop dreaming. God, I thought by now you would bring me my wife. God, I thought by now I would have a husband. By now I thought my wife would be serving you. By now I thought my family would all be saved. God, I thought surely by now my financial life would be much different. But because we're in strange territory, because often what we want is not his will, but our will. And we camouflage it behind some praise and say, Your will, God! But when it's strange land, we stop dreaming and we stop believing God. God, this is not what it looked like. But I thought we said, your will, not my will. And so strange lands cause us to stop dreaming. Some of you had dreams of a ministry. Some of you wanted to start something up to help this church out, reach this city. And, and you've let 2020 kill that. Faith is low, crushed, gassed out because I'm in a strange land. Number two, when you're going through a suffering season. When we're going through a suffering season, we're like, whoa, what what is happening? Why am I in this pain emotionally, mentally, physically? Have you ever walked through a suffering season? American American Christianity hates the word suffering. Like, give me health and wealth season. (laughs) Give me grace season. But how many know we had a suffering Savior? Like, do you want the real gospel? Oh, it includes suffering. And often God uses suffering to mature us and to grow us and to make us better. And so we don't complain about suffering. Oh, come on. We glory in the joy of the Lord even during suffering. But when we find ourselves in these moments, we stop dreaming. We stop believing God. We have no vision. Number three, silent moments. Strange lands, suffering seasons in silent moments. God, you haven't answered my prayer. You ever felt that way? You know how many prayers I prayed that God hasn't answered? In fact, has God ever taken so long? You start answering the prayers yourself. You're like God. That, I'm going to take that as a yes. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to take that as that you've just taken too long. Like, right? Like silent moments where you're like, God, where are you? I thought by now life would look different. What happened to that prayer request that I did three years ago? The people of God were in captivity for seventy years. Some of us can't wait seventy days, and we're already like, God, where are you? <laughs> And it's in those moments we stop believing God for the more that he wanted to do. Our dreams go out. Life happens, and we stop believing God. We lose people. There's heartache. There's backstabbing. There's hard times. It's life. And we let life get in the way of our faith, of sharing with our staff not long ago, actually, when I, we were going through this message and series, and I said, hey, I remember when I was 19, I used to have this dream. And I used to, like, tell my friends, hey, one day I'm going to fill up the stadium in our city, and I'm going to preach the gospel to 30,000 people. And we used to have this dream. Me and my friend, I remember we used to go back and forth. And I was 19, 20 years old dreaming that kind of stuff. And now I find myself in 37, like, laughing at some of those dreams. And it's like, Alex, What happened? I had, you know, childlike faith. That's what you need. But you let the things in life get in the way and stop you from believing God for the impossible. What have you allowed to get in the way of the dreams God has placed in your life? that one day you can lead a dinner party, that one day you can lead a dream team here, that one day you can make a difference in St. Augustine, Florida, our nation, and the world, that one day God could do something in your life and open up a ministry. I'm gonna tell you the rest of 2021, start believing again. Come on, write that book, write that song, direct that movie, write that script, believe that God wants to use your life, and whether you're a mother, father, raise those kids in the way of God, you'll make a difference in the world But if you believe God for the impossible. I'm telling you, this is for somebody today. You've allowed dreams to die, and God says it's time for resurrection power, for the Holy Spirit to come over your life, over your house, over your mind, over your emotions. I'm believing, God, for the impossible in the name of Jesus. Come on Somebody say, it's time to dream again. What dreams have died? Three things. We'll finish with this. I'm over time. Three things. Write this down. Number one, your time is now. Your time is now. Peter stands up and he refers to the prophet Joel. And he says, hey, what the prophet Joel was speaking about, it's now. Joel said one day is coming where the Holy Spirit is going to fall on everybody. Peter basically says the time is now. It's not for later. It's a, no, now is when the Holy Spirit wants to fall on everybody. Your time is now. What are you waiting for? He wants to use your life now. He wants to use your family now. It doesn't matter how messed up and broken you think your family or your life is. How God uses our dysfunction to do something glorious. And this is how he shows us His great. He wants to use you now. We have a friend in Miami that takes forever to get ready. You have that one friend that always takes. Anybody know somebody that takes forever getting ready? Don't point at your wives. That's messed up. One friend, he's always like, hey, can you pick me up? And we have to pick him up for every single event we have. Like, we love him. He's like a brother to us. Like a, like a son. Me and Dan, I love him, right? The problem is, when we're two minutes away is when he decides to start getting ready. You know somebody like that. So we pull up to the house, and we're like, we're here now. He's like, now? Question mark? We're like, we told you we were on the way. He's <laughs> like, okay, I'll be right out. That means he's about to jump in the shower, and we're going wait. I feel like God is telling some of us the time is now. We're like, Now? question mark and God's like I told you it is now in the last days I will pour out my spirit on all people oh come on it's not time to play games it's not time to play patty cake with the devil this is a time when the church has to stand up in faith in boldness and in truth and declare the gospel Jesus Christ he is the answer Jesus he is the solution your time is now don't waste another day don't waste another moment life is precious but a vapor. What are you doing with your life today? He wants to use you. Number two, you are included. You are included. This You can't can't sit this out. You can't say, well, that's for, you know, pastors Matt and Jill, they're amazing, they're great, but not for me. No, it includes you. He wants to use your life. It's not just for some of us. It's not just for Tim and his wife, It's for everybody. Peter said, I will pour out my spirit on all people. When he says your sons and daughters and old men, that's a poetic way of saying everybody. That's what it meant. It, It was Hebrew poetry to say everybody gets the Holy Spirit of God. We were in Columbia on vacation, that Columbia vacation that I told you about, and they decided to take us horseback riding. I hadn't ridden a horse like in 10 years. And I'm like, okay, I don't know if this is a good idea. But So they bring these horses. The horses looked wild. Like they looked a little crazy. Dana sees him too, so like, ah, no, I'm gonna sit down. And I'm like, babe, are you sure? It's like, I'm sitting down. I'm like, okay, boo. I'm gonna ride this day. Watch me. And so I get on the horse. Now, the horse they gave me had a demon. He was demon possessed. I know, I know he was demon possessed. So I jumped right off. I'm like, I'm getting off this horse. I'm not doing this. The guy's like, are you serious? I'm like, I'm serious here. I'm like, for real, for real. And I jumped off. He went, okay, I'll give you this horse. This other horse is really, really tame. And I'm like, are you sure? He's like, I, pro- I jump on the horse. They start taking us downhill, not downhill. Like, it was like a slope from hell. Like, I haven't ridden a horse in forever. The the horse starts to slide all over the place. And I'm like, oh, no, oh, no, God. I started praying in tongues. I I said, so we passed by this gate. I held on to the gate. And the horse kept going. I'm hanging off the gate like, (laughs) no. I promise you, true story. The guy's like, let go of the gate. I'm like, no, you liar. (laughs) I got off the horse. I walked my butt up to the mountain. Dana's sitting there, like, waiting for the whole excursion to come back, and she sees me coming back. She's like, what happened? I'm like, I'm not riding it! (laughs) And I walked back up. Can I tell you, you can't sit this thing out. You can't get off the horse. I love what their daughter says. We asked her now in the green room, what's the, can you give me a tip on horse riding? She says, you gotta stay on. Come on, somebody, you gotta stay on. Come on, we got six more months in 2021. Stay on for the vision of God for your life. Stay on with the dream of God for your life. You are included. He wants to use your life, your marriage, your home. Stay on the horse. Come on, you're included. You're included. And number three, we'll finish with this. You have what it takes stand up on your feet you have what it takes it's not about your ability it's not about your strength when the holy spirit falls upon you come on it's based on his strength his ability his goodness his grace dream again come on with every eye closed every hand raised dream again dream again what dreams have died what ideas have you let go by the side of the rivers of babylon you're crying weeping discouraged i know life has been difficult we've walked through the dark days You can't even imagine some of the days we've walked through. And I can't even imagine some of the days you've walked through, but he's good. And he's still with us. And he's saying, if you would just get my spirit, and if you just fill yourself with the Holy Spirit, you can dream again. Believe again. Somebody in here, you've let that idea die. You've let that dream die. That vision that God had given you, that dream that God had given you, you wrote it off, you let adult rational thinking get in the way, it's time to dream again. It's time for that thing to come back to life, get full of the Holy Spirit. Oh, come on, the time is now, you're included, you got what it takes, you have the ability. Come on, somebody, ask the Holy Spirit to fill you this morning. Holy Spirit, we want more of you. It's not time to play. I'm staying on the horse. I'm riding this thing out. I'm trusting in your power. I'm trusting in your strength. I'm trusting in your grace. Thank you, God, that it's not about me, but it's all about you. I'm going to begin to dream again, believe again, have vision again for all that you want to do in our lives, God. Somebody today, come on, God wants to fill you with his presence once again, with his spirit, with his power to begin to dream for your family begin to dream for that business begin to dream of how he wants to use you with every eye closed and every head bowed.
0: thanks for listening to that podcast we pray it blessed you